December the 15th, bring it back. And uh, we believe God's just going to do some pretty amazing things in this place. Y'all ready to get in the Word this morning? I know that's why you came. We're going to go ahead and start in Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 13 through 19. This is out of the Passion Translation. It says, when Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples this question. He said, what are the people saying about me? The Son of Man, who do they believe that I am? They answered, some are convinced you're John the Baptizer. Others say you're Elijah reincarnated or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But then Jesus said, but you, who do you say that I am? Jesus asked. Simon Peter spoke up and he said, you are the anointed one, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, your favorite and privileged, Simeon, son of Jonah, for you didn't discover this on your own, but my father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. I give you the name Peter, a stone, and this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I'll build my church, my legislative assembly, and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. He says, I'll give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. You know, over, you know, 30, wow, 34 years ago, I was pregnant for the first time. And I knew I was going to have this, this baby, and it was like in the, in the beginning stages. It was so long ago. It was like in the beginning stages of ultrasound, right, where they could actually determine the sex of the baby before you had it. You weren't just surprised. You could actually know what you were going to have before you had the baby. Now, some of you, you, could, you have these things now, like 4D. You actually actually see the kid waving at you on the inside of your belly before the kid's born, right? Uh, but, man, back then, it's like, man, we were so excited that we were going to have a son, then came along the tasks of having to name the kid. You parents know what I'm talking about, right? You didn't realize there were so many weird people in high school until you start naming your kid, right? Because you're like, how about this name? This is a really cool name. And your husband will go, oh, heck no. That was a girl who da 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 Okay, but how about this one? Oh, no. That was another person who was like, right? And so it's so challenging sometimes to name your child because it's something that will stick with them through their life. And you're super careful, right? Because you gotta, you gotta name the first name and the middle name so it flows with the last name. You can't have like offbeat syllables. It's all gotta flow together, right? So that way when you're really angry, it doesn't take a long time to say their name. It just kind of flows off. That's why y'all have a middle name, right? For your Yeah, so your parents, when they're mad, they have something else to say besides your first name. But what a name does, it, it, it distinguishes you from the person next to you. If I'm standing up here and I said, hey, well, all of you could look at me. But unless I say your name specifically, you don't really know who I'm talking to. It's your name that distinguishes who you are. It's like in a room. I've been this with my kids, in a room full of kids and their moms. And you hear a kid going, mom, 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 mom. And then finally they'll say, Cherie, why? Because mom wasn't working. There were too many other moms in the place. It didn't make, you know, when they said Cherie, I knew that what mom they were talking about. Because your name distinguishes you and marks you and, and, and it, it, it solidifies who you are. It's who you are. It's who people call you. It's, it's who you're expected to be. So we're very careful in choosing a name. 
So we plan these beautiful names only to give them a nickname. We don't even call them by their name. I know growing up and when my kids were little, I name, you know, we named them, them all, you know, these, these great names that mean something powerful, and then we end up calling them Bubba, right, <laughs> or Sissy, right? We end up calling them names, we shorten their names, and I, I mean, you can think of in your life, you probably have those people in your life, uh, maybe you, you, uh, you know, you're, you're one of those people who you nickname everybody. My son-in-law's like this. You call him Nava. Nava is his nickname. His real name is Andrew. Nava is his last name. But you don't call him Andrew. You call him Nava. But when you call him Andrew, there's a bunch of Andrews that look. But if you say Nava, he's the one that will respond to you. But he gives nicknames to everyone. He never calls anybody. If you have any kind of relationship with him, he doesn't call you by your real name, but he calls you by a nickname. I was born. I was given the name. All my friends are going, oh, no, she's going to say it. I was given the name Olita Cherie Stewart. See, y'all learned something new today. You thought my first name was Cherie. It's not. You've been calling me Cherie all the time. My first name, my given name is Olita, named after my Native American Indian nana, whom I didn't appreciate until she was gone. Now I love the name. But I was called Cherie. Since the time I was named Olita Cherie Stewart, I've been called many things. I've been called Cherie. I've been called Ree. I've been called Sissy. I've, be ca I, I've been called uh, Pastor. I've been called Mom. I've been called Sherry. And I want to say, that's not my name. That's not my name. I even had this woman one time when we went to, to Bible school. I took my, my daughter was like in the two-year-old class at that time, and I was signing her into class, and, and I didn't have a whole lot of friends. We were just newly at Bible school, and I was still trying to make friends, and, you know, there were some people, you know, in line behind me, some moms checking their kids in, and I'm standing there check, getting ready to check her in, and this lady taps me on the shoulder, and she said, um, excuse me, but the facing of your dress is on the outside. Okay, so the inside of my shirt was like, the tag was sticking out, in other words. And I'm like, I was so embarrassed. I'm like, I asked, just asked Randy, like, do I look okay? And he's like, awesome. Like, you apparently do not look at me when I ask you if I look okay, right? I'm like, I have tags hanging out. Okay, so this woman is so nice. And I'm like, oh, so thank you. I thank you so much, you know, for telling me that. Oh, my husband, you know, I'm like trying to tell her why I have my tag hanging out of my dress and, and all that. And she says, oh, by the way, what's your name? And I said, my name is Cherie. And she said, oh, nice to meet you, Cherie. Um, that's awesome. Well, the next time I see her, I'm like, oh, hi, and I call her by my name, and she goes, hi, Celeste. <laughs> Celeste? I needed friends so bad, I let that lady call me Celeste for two years. <laughs> yeah. So she called me Celeste. So I've been called many things. I've been called Celeste. If you're with me at Starbucks, they call me Nicole. I know you guys probably think I have issues, but this is why I have them call me Nicole because they'll say, can I have your name? And I'll say Cherie, and they start off writing S-H-E, and I'll say, no, it's a C, right? They'll say S, right? And I'll say, you know, it's like, just call just Nicole. Just call me Nicole. And then my most favorite name that I'm labeled these days is Roro because that's what my grandkids call me, Roro. You can usually determine the relationship 
you have with someone by the name that they call you. I can tell the relationship that I have with someone and what they expect out of me by the name they call me. So I know if someone calls me mom, it's one of my kids. If someone's calling me Roro, I know how to respond. They get anything they want, right? I know if, if, if someone says, oh, Pastor Sherry. I'm like, okay, well, we already know that we don't know each other very well, right? If I'm out somewhere and I don't recognize the face and they come up and they say, hey, Pastor, I know, okay, I'm responding as Pastor because that's apparently the relationship we have. If I walk into a room and you call me, oh, Nicole, then I know that I see you at Starbucks, and that's the relationship we have. Because the name in which you call me really determines the relationship or the kind of relationship I have with you. It determines also the kind of response that I'm going to give you. I at one time had one of my nephews that happened to be around the church, and, and when he was in, a, in the, the church setting, he would, out of respect at first, you know, would say, call me Pastor Cherie. In his mind, he's thinking he's being very respectful and honoring in this setting. He's like, Pastor Cherie. I said, okay, let's hold on right here. You, want, you can have me be one of two people to you. I can be Pastor Cherie to you, or I can be Aunt Cherie to you. Aunt Cherie gets to have Thanksgiving dinner with me. Aunt Cherie gets to come over and raid my fridge. Aunt Cherie gets you a lot further down the road than Pastor Cherie. What kind of relationship do you want? What are you going to call me? Because your name determines the kind of relationship you have. What you call me will get out of me a certain response, depending on the name you call me. So back to our story. Jesus is sitting around with his disciples. He's saying, who are people saying that I am? They say, some say you're a great teacher. Some say you're a prophet. Some say you're Elijah, reincarnated. And he says, okay, but who do you say that I am? What kind of relationship am I going to have with you? How am I going to start interacting with you? Who do you say that I am? And I love this because Peter speaks up. And in response to Jesus' question, he says, in verse number 16, he says, you are the anointed one. I call you the anointed one, the son of the living God. Jesus goes on to say, wow, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. The father did. But listen to what he says in verse number 18. He says, I give you the name Peter or rock, a stone, and this truth of who I am, this truth of who you're calling me, this truth of the name you're calling me, the truth of who I am is going to be the foundation on which I can build. He goes on to say in verse number 19, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. The truth of who you say I am is going to be the bedrock foundation on which I can build. And I'm going to give you everything necessary to see me, the anointed one, work in your life. Jesus' question to the disciples that day is a very real and relevant one for us today. It determines, it, it, it determines 
what, we're, what we allow God to do in our life. Because the name you call him is the response or the revelation of him you'll get. You call me Roro, you get Roro revelation and Roro favor. You call me mom, you, we have that relationship, you get mom revelation and you get mom impartation and you get mom favor. Depending on how you see God and what you call him determines what he can provide for you and show himself strong for you in your life. The question that Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am, is, does matter today. It does matter. It does matter who we see God as and who we say God is. Think about it just for a minute where you're at. Who do you say God is? Who do you say God is? Not who your parents have told you or society who told you or, or your friends have told you who God is. Who do you say God is? A lot of people call God, oh, he's a higher power. Don't mess with the higher power. You mess with the higher power, he's going to burn you. Who do you see God? What do you call God? Who is God to you? Who do you say God is? Some people say, oh, he's the man upstairs. Hopefully the good man upstairs is looking out for you. Who do you see God as? Because it matters. What name do you call him? Because it matters. Some people see God as just a spiritual force. Some think he's unfair. Some think he's uh, not just. Some th think he's uncaring. It's not what religion says God is or experience says he is. Who do you this morning, acknowledge him to be. Who do, what do you call him? By what name do you call him? When we acknowledge him for who he really is, then he's able to show him strong in that area. Another, on, in another occasion in the Bible, the Bible says that Jesus had been preaching all over the region. It says in, he had been healing the sick and raising the dead and super amazing miracles were happening everywhere he went. Then he goes back in Matthew chapter 13, verse number 54. It says, coming to his own hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue. It says they were amazed. They said, where did this man get this wisdom and this miraculous power? So they noticed that something was different. They noticed that there was something supernatural about it. They no noticed that something was powerful happening. He says, where did they get this miraculous power? But look at, notice what happened here. They said, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this his mother, Mary, isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't these his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where did this man get all these things? He says, they took offense at him. He says, and Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do, another version accurately says, he could not do any miracles or many miracles there because of their lack of faith. It does matter what you call him. When Jesus came into their town, if you were read through the gospels, everywhere Jesus went, you'd see people call him, hey, son of David, hey, son of David, hey, acknowledging him, 
as someone who could produce change in their life, calling him by a name that he could respond miracles to. But he come back into his own hometown. Oh, they couldn't see him past. Hey, that's Mary's kid. Hey, that's Joseph's cousin. His brother, who is he? They couldn't see him or call him who he was, so he was never able to show himself strong in those areas of her life, his life, their life, because it is important what you call him. It's important who you see him as and who you acknowledge him as. It does matter what we call him. When we acknowledge him for who he really is, he's then able to show himself strong in that area. I'm going to go over just a few areas of who God says he is. Because it's important that we see who God says he is so he can show up in that area of our life. You, you call me Roro, you get Roro privilege. You get Roro favor, you get Roro provision. You see God as some of these things and you start calling him these things, you'll start seeing that provision and favor in your life. The first thing God says that we need to know in the day and the age that we live in is that God's name is healer. Now, this is good news for some of you who are sick and broken this morning. Not just sick in your body, sick in your mind. Those of you who have mental illness, physical illness, those of you who are, are, are battling just socially, social illnesses, this is good news for you because God's name is healer. And when we call him healer, healer shows up. Again, you call me Roro, Roro shows up. You call God healer, healer shows up in your life. It gives him the ability. Who do you say that I am? I say you're healer. Here you go. Look what the Bible says in Exodus chapter 15, verse number 26. He says, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God, do what's right in his sight, pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees. He says, I, I will not bring on you any of the diseases that were brought on the Egyptians. Listen what God says. He says, I am the Lord who heals you. God says, I am the Lord who heals you. So th th those of us in this room this morning in need of God's health, who do you say that he is? He says he's healer. Who do you say he is? I need him to be healer to me. I call him healer. Then he goes on in Isaiah, and it gives a prophetic picture of Jesus Christ coming, and it says in Isaiah 53, surely he bore our griefs, Jesus. That word griefs means sickness. This is a picture of Jesus on the cross. He said, surely he bore our sickness, and he carried our sorrows or our pains. That word sorrows means pains. So it says, surely Jesus bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded, Jesus on the cross was wounded for our transgressions, those things that we just do wrong constantly. He says he was bruised for our iniquities, those things, man, that just things that we just find ourselves doing just out of habit, those so not necessarily an outward sin, but those thins, sins of our heart. He was bruised for our iniquities. It says the chastisement for our peace, so we would have nothing missing and nothing broken in our life was upon him. And it says by his stripes 
the blows and the beating that Jesus took, says, by his stripes, we are healed. How do you see God? Do we see God as healer? Do I call him healer? Do I acknowledge him as healer? If he's showing up to me in my sick, diseased spot, and he's saying, who do you say that I am? And I say, I say, you are healer. He says, on that revelation, I can pour out healing power into your life that can drive out anything that it is that you're facing. Galatians 3.13 says this, Christ, Jesus Christ redeemed us. Jesus Christ redeemed us from that self-defeating cursed life by absorbing it completely into himself. Do you remember the scripture that says, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree? That's what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse and at the same time destroyed the curse. Jesus Christ took sickness and disease on his back. He paid for it so we don't have to pay for it again. You know, before Jesus came, you know, God gave his children a bunch of rules that they had to follow. And if they didn't follow those rules exactly, the Bible talked about how you know, there was just a curse that lay, they lived under. And that curse included, if you want to read about those curses, it's in Deuteronomy chapter 28. It talks about the curses. You know, you're going to be blind and you're going to have to grope in darkness. You're going to be confused. There's going to be confusion and anxiety and stress and, and all kinds of evil, evil, evil things, dis, disease, despair, relationship issues, lack, poverty. There's a whole list of them. But the Bible right here says because of Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ gave his life on that cross, he paid for us to be redeemed from every single one of those things. So if you want to know what you've been redeemed from, maybe some things that you're still trying to pay for, go read Deuteronomy chapter 28. You'll see some things that you're living with that you don't have to live with anymore. You know, Randy and I were driving into the Bay Area not long ago, and he was in a car in front of me. We went through a toll. You know, he asked me before we were having lunch, and he goes, you do, have any, do you have any change, any dollars, because we're getting ready to go through a toll booth? I said, yeah, I do. He's like, okay, because it's going to be this much money. I said, okay. Well, we get up. He gets through the, through the toll booth station before me. I went up to that toll booth station, pulled out my dollar bills, getting ready to pay, and the guy says, hey, your husband in front of you, he paid for you. You can go through. I'm like, man, that's exactly what Jesus did. I don't have to pay for what Jesus already paid for. See, the devil wants us to think we have to live our lives diseased and broken and anxious just because that's just the way the world we live in. No, Jesus Christ paid for some things that we don't have to pay for. But what are we calling him? If I don't know him as healer, then he can't pour out his healer ability on my life. Remember, you call me Roro, you get Roro privileges. We call God healer and start acknowledging him as the healer in our life. We'll start seeing healing show up in our life. We'll start seeing it show up in our life. How many of you are experiencing physical issues in your body right now? Just, we all live in a world. Right now we're going to take this opportunity and we're going to call him healer. And we're going to see God healer show up because I, I believe that God's saying, who do you say that I am? 
In the middle of your broken place, do you think I'm big enough? In the, big of, in, the, in the middle of that death sentence the doctor gave you, there's no other way? Do you think I'm big enough? I am the Lord who heals you. I sent my son to take stripes on his back for complete health and wholeness in your body. What are you going to call me? Are you going to let me be healer in your life? Father, in this room, God, in the middle of where we are right now, who do we say you are? You are our healer. God, today, this morning, we acknowledge you as our healer. And God, we believe as we acknowledge you as our healer and we call you healer that you show up. God, you build on that revelation. God, you build on that. You reveal yourself as healer to us. God, I speak for heart issues to line up to the word of God in Jesus' name. God, I command high blood pressure to come in, into normal range in Jesus' name. God, I command backs and spines to be restored. God, I command nerve endings to reattach and, and to do what the, the, exactly what you created them to do. God, we speak to every organ, organ, every pancreas, every liver. God, we speak to the digestive system to function properly and to function fully. God, we speak to every heart to beat in perfect rhythm, to pump blood perfectly into every chamber of the heart with every valve functioning. God, with no calcium buildup, perfectly in every way. God, we believe that you give strength to our immune system. God, that our immune system, which is created, God, by God, to destroy every cancer cell. God, we believe in Jesus' name. God, that our immune systems are strong, that our immune systems are strengthened. God, that our immune system is healthy and strong and, and functions exactly how you created it to God. God, we call you healer. God, we call you healer. God, we call you healer. Who do we say that you are, God? We say you are healer. We say you are healer. I don't care what the doctor said. Yeah, that's awesome, that's good, but you are healer. God, you are healer. God, you are healer. God, I declare that in this place, God, that you are healer. You are healer. You are healer. You are healer, God. It doesn't matter what you've been, what's been declared over your life. It doesn't matter how many pill bottles you have on your windowsill that you have to take every single day. As you get up in the morning, as you have to take them in the afternoon, and as you have to take them at dinner time. When you put those babies in your mouth, I want you to say before you do, God, you are my healer. God, I say you are my healer. God, I say you are my healer. Again, when you acknowledge it matters what you call him, when you call him your healer, healer shows up. I can't tell you how. I, the, some of these are scriptures. You know, Randy told you last week or a couple weeks ago how I have verses all over my bathroom mirror. I had to put them back up. To be honest with you, we remodeled our home. And so we remodeled our bathroom. And I have beautiful mirrors up there now. And I'm like, I don't want to put sticky notes all over that. It's too pretty for that. I realized six, eight months into it, I put my ammo away. I, I have nothing to fight with. I put away my ammo. 
I didn't realize how spiritually charged and how more aware of who God is was being put into my eyes and into my ears and into my, 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 my mind and my soul when I would be putting on makeup in the morning and reading those scriptures. I had put my ammo away. I had to get my ammo back out. Oh, I put them in cute little frames now around my mirror. But they're out there. I wouldn't care if they were ugly. I'd rather have an ugly piece of paper with the most powerful word of God who let me know who God is. What do you call him? What do you call him? Healer. Some of you might need him as provider. What do you call him? Provider. God says that he's your provider. He's the God who provides. You're not the provider. You're going to stress yourself out. You're going to work yourself silly and still not have enough at the end of the day. And your family's not even going to like you. Why? Because you weren't created to be the provider. God is your provider. What do you call him? This one scripture I'll read to you. When it, I mean, I could go days on all of these. The Bible says in Philippians 4.19, if you're taking notes, you can write it down. If not, you can listen and watch it on YouTube and write it down. It says, my God will supply every need of yours. My God will supply every need of yours. Where are you in your life? Are you in lack somewhere? Are you in lack somewhere? Remember, if you call me Roro, you get Roro privileges. If you call God provider, you get provider. You get provision. He's able to show himself as your provider. What do you call him? What did you name him? Matthew 6, 25, it says, I tell you, don't worry about your life. And what do we spend our life doing? Worrying about our stinking life. And Jesus says, don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat or drink, about your body, what you're going to wear. It's, life is more than that. He says in verse 26, look at the birds. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them or provides for them. Goes on to say the grass of the field, it doesn't worry about how green it's going to be or how needs are going to be met because God provides for it. And if God cares about birds and God cares about grass, doesn't he think he'd, be create, he'd care about you? I mean, even the angels in heaven are like, God, why do you care about these people so much? They kind of like are messing things up down there. But God loves you. He cares about you. He provides for you. He is our provider. You know what I even love? God just doesn't provide for material things. I love this verse right here. It says, 1 Corinthians 10, 19, it says, no temptation is overtaking you except that which is common to man. We're all tempted in stuff, right? He says, God is faithful. He won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he's going to provide a way out. See, some of you are going, God, help me to get out of these certain relationships that I'm in that are being, being toxic to my life. God, as your provider, will provide ways for you. Some of you are in need of, of, of God friendships. God is a provider of godly friendships. God is a provider. What are we calling him? Provider. Father, today we call you provider in our life. God, you know what we have need of before we even ask. 
Sometimes, God, we don't even know what we have need of exactly. We think we know, but we don't know. But we do know this, God, that you are our provider. What are we calling him this morning? God, you are our provider. If you're needing, in need of provision in this place today, I want you to say that out of your mouth. God, you are provider. You are my provider. Yeah. If God is standing before you and saying, who do you say that I am? God, I say that you are provider. All right. On that revelation, I can show you some pretty great provision. Who do we say he is? Provision. God also calls himself peace. Peace isn't just the ability to sleep at night. It's nothing missing, nothing broken in your life. Peace. The Bible shows up, the Bible says that God shows up to Gideon. It's a man in the Bible who, man, he was so desperate in such a broken place, in fear, anxiety, stress, felt like he was the least of the least. If you read the story, he's so intimidated with everything. God shows up and says, I'm going to make you something great, and I want you to go conquer something big, and I'm going to do this for you and this for you. And he's like, oh, I don't know if that can happen. And God says, peace be with you. That wasn't just something God was saying, oh, and by the way, peace be with you. Peace be with you. He was saying, declaring something, peace be with you. In response to that, Gideon says back to him, you are the God of peace. In the middle of his broken, torn up, despairing, stress-filled, chaotic, confused, nothing's working, I'm hiding when I shouldn't be hiding, I'm, I'm fearing for my life place, God says peace to you. And he says, yes, you are the God of peace. I acknowledge you as peace. And because I acknowledge you as peace, everything, God, that you have spoken in my life is being restored in my life, nothing missing, nothing broken. All throughout the Bible, God calls himself the God of peace, the God of peace, the God of peace. Even when he sent Jesus, it says unto us, a child is born, a son is given. He'll be our ruler. He'll be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, and the prince of peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. You know, I live in this world just like you do. I have stressful things going on in my life just like you do. Just because I sleep with the pastor doesn't mean God has more favor on me. I still have to believe. I still have to trust. I still have to intimately know him. I still, in the middle of my chaos, go, God, you are peace to me. God, I thank you for being the God of peace. And when I start declaring and thanking him and calling him who I need to be, he shows up in my life as that. Instead of laying in your bed tonight so stressed out about what's going on and, and what's happening in our world and the, the threat of losing your job and the threat of this doctor's report and the chaos that's going in your home, instead of laying there so stressed out about it, just lay there and say, God, I thank you that you're the God of peace. God, you are the God of nothing missing, nothing broken. God, I declare that you are the God of peace. I call you. Who do I say that you are, God? I say that you are peace. I don't know what you're in need of this morning and who you need God to be to you, but this is what I do know. No matter what you're facing, God is your answer. You can look through the word of God and 
one of the great things about Google, you can Google it. What are you needing? What does the Bible say about godly relationships? What does the Siri, what is the Alexa, what does the God say? What does the Bible say about healthy God relationships? I can tell you, Alexa will spit out like five or ten different verses on that. And you say, okay, God, you're the restorer. I get that. Okay, God, I call you restorer. God, I call you the restorer of my home. Okay, God, I call you the peace in my mind. Okay, God, I call you faithful. You promised me something a long time ago. I haven't seen it yet, but God, I call you faithful. That's another thing God calls himself is faithful. The Bible says that Sarah, Abraham's wife, who is older than old, conceived God's promise because she called him faithful. God, I may not see it, but I know that you're faithful. God, I know that you're faithful working on my behalf. God, I know that you're faithful to bring my kids into right relationship with you. God, I know that you're faithful. I don't have to worry about it, God. Even when I'm not faithful, you are faithful. I love how God showed up to his children, in, to, to Moses in, in Exodus. He says, I want you to tell the children of Israel that I am. I love this because I see it as God saying, whatever you need me to be, I am. Not I was, not I just will be, but I am right now in your moment. What are we going to call him? Who do we say he, he is? I want to challenge you this morning. Encourage us all. God is saying, in the middle of where we are, who do you say that I am? Let's find out. If we don't know who God is, let's find out who he is. Like I said, Google it. Ask Alexa. Go on. Go open your Bible, the actual one you got. Find out who God says he is. And as you read through the, the scripture and you see that Oh, God is faithful. Oh, God is peace. Oh, God is the restorer. Oh, God is a miracle worker. Then open your mouth and start declaring, God, I see you as miracle worker. Because again, when you call me Roro, you get Roro privilege. When I say, God, you're a miracle worker, I see miracle workers show up in my life. That's what I so love about the power in this song. God, you're the miracle worker. You're the way maker. My God, that's who you are. You'll find that when you open your mouth and you start declaring those words, you start feeling a shift, don't you? Do you not feel the atmosphere change in your own life when you sing that? Why? Because you're hooking up with who God is. And then God's able to pour himself out and show himself strong. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes in this place. You know, I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning. If you don't know Jesus... Bible says one thing, God is love. God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to be a sacrifice for us that we can be in relationship back with him. He calls himself the good father. And I believe this morning he's, his arms are open to us. What are you going to call him this morning? The Bible says all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved or receive salvation or receive the God kind of life. Salvation is not some weird spiritual thing. It's, it's a God kind of life. It's, it's God now living on the inside of you. He recreates you in his image to be Godward, Godlike. 
If you want to receive Jesus this morning, we're just going to all pray together. Opening our mouth, declaring to God. Say, Father God, thank you for the gift of life you give me through Jesus. I call on him today. I say, Jesus is my Savior. Come into my heart. Jesus, I call you Lord. Help me to live the life you created me to live. God, we give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 